And a big aloha, and welcome to the Travel Angel Radio Show. I'm Cindy Palos here with you, and um, we just, you know, it's a perfect segue. We're just going to do a little travel news about that. Um, Yosemite is like one of my favorite places. I haven't been there in a while because I don't like to deal with lots of crowds. So you'd have to probably go off-season, but my gosh, with that fire, they said Yosemite had them enclosed for 30 years. I'm here with Kathy Takushi. Captivating Journeys, good to see you. Hi, Cindy. Would you, wouldn't you? would you hate it if you were had these plans to go to Yosemite? And I don't know where else you'd go. There's isn't the Sequoia National Forest might be an option, but it's been 30 years since they've closed that. So, I mean, that's a huge impact of all those people who are going to go to Yosemite. Yeah, especially for plan, the summer travel. Yeah, yeah. plan B. Yeah. Have you been to Sequoia National? Have you ever yes. Sequoia is beautiful. Oh. The trees. But I wonder if, I don't think they have the setup to handle a lot of people near there either, how they'd get all those people over. Because if you're there, you're stuck. You have to figure out where else to go. And that's when it would be good to have a travel agent do it for you. <laughs> Just like, hey, I can't get into Yosemite, Kathy. Help me book something else quickly, please. Because <laughs> people plan usually for about maybe a week, five, six, seven days of Yosemite, right? And you'd have to book something real quickly. Yeah. If you were going to do that one. And Greece, my gosh. I know. 80 people died, and that's pretty close to Athens where that fire happened. Yeah. People ran into the ocean trying to avoid it, and some people hit cliffs in some areas and couldn't get off the cliffs and died right at the cliffs. That was. This is the weather impact. I mean, you know, whether you believe weather or not, believe me, this is all related to the change in weather patterns, and uh, it's kind of like, wow. Um, and the other news and travel is they say prices are going to go up in 2019 because of the cost of fuel. Yeah, they've been saying that. I mean, we our fuel here has been going up. It sure has. Yeah. I saw 415 the other day. It was 419. To Did you see 419? Yeah, just this morning, I think. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. We're going to, I mean, that's too much. You know, one of my pet peeves is when they give the price of gas around the country on the news. And they say the highest cost is in San Francisco for three thirty-five. They forget about us. They totally forget <laughs> that we're here. It's like no, no, yeah. we're here, and it costs more here. Um, yeah. I go to Costco for just because of that. And it was last time I was there was three twenty-five, but still, that's fifty cents more than it was six, seven months ago, right? Mm-hmm. So what's happening with uh, you in travel news? Oh, it's just been it's a busy time right now. Um, usually around this time of year, the airlines start changing their schedules so they oh, yeah. uh, for the fall, and they take off flights that we have. So now I'm uh, working rebooking clients because they don't have the flight anymore. <laughs> wow! So yeah, I know United. I think I'm not sure what date it starts, but they're going down to like one uh, flight a day, Maui, LA, on certain days, which Why? is. That's crazy. I think there's too much competition now. You know, they got What, are they going to fold up? I mean, that's when you're supposed to <laughs> buckle down and know. get better deals yeah. and increase, right? They're just, I can't believe that. Yeah, I know. At certain days, they only have one afternoon flight where they usually, like right now, they've got like three. That's, yeah. when does that kind of happen? Uh, that impacts me a lot. September, I believe. I'm not oh, sure that's terrible day, news. Yeah, so it's, so if you've booked your flight far out, make sure you re you know, you check your itineraries. Okay, so here I am. Okay, say I booked a flight in December. What would I do? Well, um, reconfirm your flights. Mm-hmm. And uh, between now and December, I bet there's going to probably be a couple more changes. So just keep an eye on your itinerary. Because so. they used to always have the, they has always had the flight that goes at around 9 or 9.30 or 10 o'clock, depending on whether it's at L.A. Night. or mm-hmm. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So are they going to drop that one? Uh, they have on certain days, not every day. So probably, I, I didn't pay attention to this, the how they scheduled it. But I know when I was looking for clients the other day, it was only one flight on United to L.A. That's shocking In to me. September. But then if you went probably the weekends, like a Friday, uh-huh. they'll probably have the two flights. But, but that also was when they charge more typically. Usually they charge more on the weekends. Usually. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. you know, Alaska, here I come. 
I mean, I've been thinking about switching over to Alaska or another airlines, but I mean, or maybe American, but that's just no, that's not good news. It's like that might be the <laughs> that might be the final deal. I've been playing the United game for a long, long time. I think mm-hmm. 700,000 miles worth, but uh, they're going to do that. I mean, because I travel more later, you know, September and later, mm-hmm. uh, not in the but summer so much. But it's not so as much. busy, you know, so they're, they're probably, um, that's why they're taking it off. But one flight a date is very unusual. I very. Think. Yeah, for Very them. unusual. Uh, Doug Schenk is here. It's always good to see you, Doug. I'm, you just got back on Sunday, right? Uh, hi, Cindy. Are you still recovering? Uh, I think I'm recovered. Are you recovered? Yeah, that didn't I, take too long. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Do you fly? What airline do you fly, Doug? I'm a, I'm a United person as well. I'm, Isn't that kind of shocking news? Yeah, but the good news is it always changes. Well, that's true. Everything yeah. changes eventually. Right. But so, <laughs> no, will I'm, it change for September? If you're, you know, that's I'm, I'm pretty loyal United because I'm trying to get a million miles. Right. So, right. yeah. And John got a million and he's solid gold now. Yeah, but, it just but helps I mean, with the seat selection. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but you know what? It doesn't help with the upgrades. Um, I thought it would. It, it. I just got upgraded twice. I just got. I was on my way back from uh, um, Quebec. Oh, really? On Sunday. Yeah. That's wonderful. Try it. Well, maybe it just depends where you're going. Yeah, I think it does. It's just yeah, it's random. Yeah, it is. And but you're not one K. No. You might be soon. See now, one K, you get in. That's why Christine Wong and Betty Sakamoto, they swear by the 1K thing. Because once you're 1K, you do get yeah. the upgrades. But still, she does. there's times she doesn't. We were flying oh, on yeah. United <clears throat> to uh, somewhere together. and uh, New York, I think. It was New York, and yeah. we didn't get the upgrades, even though she was 1K. Well, if they have paying customers. If they have paying they customers. They get the seats. Exactly. As it should be. And they make sure these days that their planes are full enough where mm-hmm. there aren't the openings to get as much yes. a chance to get a paying customer. So what <laughs> what Christine does, she tries to book the flights that don't get booked as much to get a better chance to get the upgrades, right? It's like, wow. Well, it's yeah. a game. It's it a strategy. Is a game. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. a game. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Absolutely a game. Well, I really mm-hmm. would like you to keep us posted on that. Really, truly. That's... Um, I'm I'm concerned about that for me personally because <laughs> I mean I'm thinking of I I mean I was maybe I'll go ahead and get that Alaska deal. They were out giving you the credit card and if you did so many miles you're going to get like a fifty thousand mile bonus and stuff like that. So I may just switch over and do that and check that out. But anyway, I'm glad you came in, Doug. And also with us is our friend Dr. Tom Vendetti. Great to see you again, Tom. Aloha. A lot's happened, even <laughs> just in the last time you were here very recently. We're here today. We're going to talk a little bit about this wonderful benefit that's coming up at the McCoy Theater on August 4th of the Maui Dharma Center. Um, and our, our wonderful, lovely Lama Gelson will be there. And you were on the trip, and Tom was on the trip. Tom kind of arranged the trip. Um, and uh, it's going to be some photos and in- interesting information on that trip to Mount Kailash. Plus, you're showing the film. Kailash. Yes, it was a film uh, that was made in 2001 called Mount Kailash Return to Tibet, and that's when I went with Paul Horn, the legendary flute player, and the it's still very relevant, though, in terms of what we experienced. Although Tibet has changed, the you know, the trek has not. It's uh, very difficult, high, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Absolutely. So, now, I'm again, going back before we finish up with Kathy here, this is something where really it might be good to have a travel agent, Captivating Journeys 244-1414, because, um, I mean, I'd kind of be at a loss, and I guess the next question I would ask you um, if I was planning a trip through you is like, well, what would you suggest if I can't do the time that I wanted and the day I wanted, and I wanted, didn't want to pay more for the weekend, what would be the next thing I would look at? You have to be flexible. You do have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe yeah. go with another airlines. And, yeah. Because um, on a lot of these things, like some of the cruises now, do in, will include air. You might pay a little more um, from Hawaii, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you have less of a choice for time and you're considering going and joining a cruise um sometimes they just will charge you extra if it's not the day before 
So then you're going to have to maybe go two days before if you can't get in on the time you expected to get in. Right. Yeah, I, I was dealing with a schedule change with the air that was booked via Oceana Cruises, and one of the flights coming home was no longer. So then, anyways, it was... Yeah. We had to, we had to work it till we got what we wanted. So. And they had already booked it, planning on that flight they had mm-hmm. booked, and the, the flight was canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, the flight was no longer LA Honolulu on Delta. That was Delta. So then, wow. Yeah. So. So yeah, these things can get complicated, and also, I mean, there's all these obviously weather things going on, like Yosemite right. and now Greece, and then there was the Branson thing, and that was definitely weather there's related. A and storm in Japan now. Is there? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So, so yeah, things are changing out there, and um, travel's never been more popular. Maybe not coming to America. They're saying actually some people are avoiding that. But um, for the rest of the world, I mean, people are traveling. And um, yeah. and when you have changes like this going on, you have to, as you say, be flexible. I have to mention that my audio book, um, How to Fly with Less Stress, is out. And it's actually doing well. I oh, was God. like at number 144 in travel books, wow. which was the highest it's ever been. And they had it down on um, price as well. So I think it was $14.65. But it's really handy because you can listen to that. If you're traveling and you need to uh, relax and breathe and meditate and do things like that, it's all there. And you can use that when you're stressing out because your flight's canceled and you can't get home. <laughs> Breathing helps. Yeah. Don't stress. I mean, Don't what can stress. you do? You're on no. vacation, exactly. you know, so it could be worse. Well, it, it's sometimes <laughs> I've noticed when people are all in that line and there's something like that happens and there's this, like, stress that's almost contagious, like herd thinking when people are starting to get mad, you know. And that's when you really have to be solid in your thinking because mm-hmm. it can really spread and people are hearing other people yelling and people are trying to push to the front of a line. It's like mm-hmm. it's cra- it gets yeah. crazy. It it, gets and in- it's better. I mean, speaking of that, if you are in that situation and you see the long line, call reservations mm-hmm. or our clients call us and then yeah. we deal with it. Yeah. But um, you'll get probably faster service by calling uh, the reservation versus standing in line. And if you are a higher level on some of these cards and things, you can get through on a separate telephone line, which exactly does yeah. help. They're, they're nicer to you. No, <laughs> they are. They're nicer <laughs> to you. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's true. Yes, <laughs> and it's true. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll, you'll actually talk to me, and I get a person talking to me that I can understand. Um, so, t- last I saw you, Doug. Uh, the last time I saw you was. And um, Paul Gauguin, oh, no, actually, I did taxes, and I saw you then, and he did my taxes. But last I saw you otherwise was on the Paul Gauguin cruise, and that was when Tom was on that, too, and Keola Beamer. I think that was in late October? Of 17 or 16. Oh, okay. Seven last year. Last year? Yeah, Yeah. last year. And you loved that one. You had a good time. Oh. (laughs) Do that again, I think, sometime. And and that was your first time? No, that was the second time. Oh, the second time you met. We were together. Yeah, we were. Yeah, Kathy yeah. and I met really? each other. Yes. Oh. I forgot what year that was. You like were on four. the same cruise, at right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. With the Gills. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sue and and Art. Uh, not dart. Art. Dart. Yeah. No. Dart. Dart. Yeah. Like Art. Dart. Dart. Yeah. <laughs> Sue, Sue and Dart Gill were on yeah. that trip. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. So we well, that must have been that. fun. Yeah. Wonderful. So then we were all kind of jealous because we were heading home and it was too soon to really go home. And you were taking off on this amazing adventure. No, really. I mean, we were all jealous, weren't we, Tom? I think we were. Even with our Dharma background, we were a little jealous, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. In fact, I offered to carry his suitcase. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I mean, I love talking to people like you, Doug. It's a, this is like my dream of being able to do what you and your wife, Cindy, do. So you went off then to India? Is that where you went next? Or Venice? Uh, no, we, we went to Europe. You went to Europe yes. next. Uh-huh. So we, um, <clears throat> yeah, we went to Venice and uh, and Rome and uh, we w- well, we went on a cruise and it, it went up the Amalfi Coast. This is the Holland America. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long was that cruise? Oh, pr- probably about twenty days. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was a long cruise. Yeah. Wow, and I love the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Amalfi, all through there and everything. Yeah. So did you dock? 
in Naples and then do the, the different cruises we did. from there? We did. And then we also traveled independently as well. Oh, good. Yeah, so we took the train and went to Sorrento. Sorrento. I love Sorrento. Yes. A uh, lemoncello. Oh, man. Lemoncello, <laughs> lemoncello, and lots of lemon trees yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, and Positano's a gorgeous. Did you yes. go to Positano down there? Uh, that? No, we didn't. It's get just that above far. Amalfi. Yeah. 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 Um, Amalfi's gorgeous, too. Oh, it is. It's spectacular. Yeah. Did you go up to that little town above it? We, we did. I'm not going to remember the name of yeah. it. But, yeah. It's a very small little town where it's very musical and beautiful. Oh, spectacular. Ravello. Ravello, yes. Ravello. I loved Ravello. There's these villas along the cliffs up there that are oh. just magical. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It doesn't even seem like it's real. I know. And there's this little town square. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And the towns, they, they love their music. They have a huge music festival. I stayed in a villa. Branson has a has a villa place up there. I used to. I don't know if he sold it. But, I mean, these gorgeous villas you can stay in up there in the hills. And you can't get there by driving in from Naples. You literally have to, at some point, even if your driver's there, you've got to walk through some side roads to get there. Right. right. Because they're, they're tiny little the roads. The roads are so tiny. Yeah. If, a, if a person wants to stop at the store, mm-hmm. I found out, they just stop right in the middle of the street. <laughs> they just <laughs> leave they their stop car at the store. and go and block traffic in both directions. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't care. No. And they that's, don't care. that's their town, <laughs> and they have the right to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Um, so so that was 20 days, my gosh. So then you were already in late November. Right. So and, you, and Venice was part of that cruise, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Venice is really. That's a good time of year to go to Venice, it isn't is. it? It because is. Because it's gotten ruined in the summertime. It's just too crowded. It really is. Yeah. Did you have good weather? We had great weather. Yeah, because I was there in November, and everyone said, oh, you don't want to go in November because it rains and it Mm. floods, and it was gorgeous. It was perfect. It was great. Yeah, that's good. So that's a good time to go in. The thing is, you're doing this long cruise, so you can't really shop, can you? Because there's no room unless you ship it back. You can't You know, I think we're done with the shopping part of traveling. Yeah, because, you know, we bring it home, and... There's no place to put it anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. And we used to buy art, yeah. and uh, we, it's in, a lot of it's in the closet. Really? Because I don't have any room to hang it any longer. So Wow. So, yeah, and Cindy doesn't really like to shop that much. Uh-huh. She likes to go to museums and cultural events oh, and boy, hiking yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, pictures and, you know, so. How many pictures did you take on that portion? Oh, of the you know, I looked at my file the other day. There's like seventeen thousand. Oh my god! Photos. Seventeen, and this yeah. is your phone. It's a good thing you yeah. got. You got the hundred and twenty-five gigs. Yeah, right yeah. It's, they're in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Somewhere in the cloud, there's all these pictures of Doug, and it's about yeah. to rain pictures of Doug down because it's so heavy with pictures. I've, I've taken pictures. That, I've been on trips. I haven't even looked at the pictures yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, usually in your cruise, there's a little time to review them at the nighttime or when you're going to the bathroom. You can look at them. There's some time usually to review. Or on the plane flight back, you know, you can look back at the pictures and You'll probably delete a bunch of them one oh, day. Oh, yeah. 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 So that was the, then you went to India from? Well, let's see. In January of this year. Oh, you came home then after that. Yeah. Cruise. So okay. we spent Christmas here. And then uh-huh. in January, I went to the Bangkok Film Festival, which I like to do. And it's normally in November, but it was in January because the king passed away. And that was like the morning period. So they moved it to January. And then um, as soon as Cindy, my wife, was finished with taxes on the 16th of April. I met him in her last appointment. Okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> we uh, we took off for um, Bangkok again. We, we like to go to this place called Hua Hin. It's a couple hours south of Bangkok and uh, stay at the Sintara Hotel. Now that's on the ocean. It's on the Gulf of Siam. Yeah, it's, it's opposite of the Andaman Sea, right? It's on the inside. And um, we stay at this place uh, that's the old railway hotel. It's all made out of wood and colonial architecture, and it's, you know, maybe 150 years old. Wow, how fantastic. It's right on the beach, yeah. Oh, my. So it does, it's one of those ones, a lot of those old colonial hotels have these massive lobbies, 
and fireplaces and things. I it is. It is kind of like that. Big old. Yeah, it's got the teak floors, mm-hmm. and it's only two stories. Oh. And it's got beautiful grounds. It has topiaries all over the place of wow. elephants and really? turtles. Yeah, they're just giant topiaries. You know, like and and what's the is it like the huge ballroom restaurant where they serve? oh no 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 there's nothing huge in the buildings themselves they're all it's all quite small oh interesting yeah there's no ballroom actually in that hotel interesting yeah, it's just little restaurants because a lot of the old hotels in those yeah, this days one wanted have, ballrooms yeah. and things yeah because the travelers in those days did balls and things like that but you know this yeah this was a boutique hotel yes of sorts I guess so yeah. And did they do all Thai? Was it Thai food, or what was the kind of food? Um, we actually don't eat at the hotel. Yeah, well, we, smart. We eat in the, the we we walk into town, and we there's like four restaurants that we think are superb, and uh, one's down the beach at a place called the Ceylon Hotel. It's a little family-owned hotel. It's right on the beach. Uh huh. We eat there, and then there's a couple of restaurants in the Hua Hin town itself that we go to. How long were you there? Uh, we were only there for three or four days, uh-huh. three nights, and then um, and then we took we went back to Bangkok and took off for India for a month before we met up with Tom and Kathmandu to go. So to you didn't come home in b- between? No. Oh no. So right from you got to tell me how you pack for trips that are this long. That's a long oh, trip. I, I take a carry on. It's no. in the overhead, yeah. No. Yeah. I was trying to find that picture I had. Uh, <laughs> it was, I thought it was in my phone, but yeah. with you and Sue and Dart, you, yeah. after the Paul go gone. Oh, yeah. And their their suitcase is so small, and they were gone, were, I don't know, three, six months. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, it all can go in a carry-on above your head in the overhead. How, what do you put? How do you do that? Well, well, you. I, I mostly take dry-fit clothes. You know, pants and shorts and shirts, and then uh, we, we wash them out uh, frequently. Shoes are and foot cover are the biggest problem if you're going hiking or whatever. Yeah. So I usually wear my hiking boots on the airplane because uh-huh. that takes up half the room in a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then a pair of slippers, a hat that folds up really small, my iPhone and my Nano. And you, you did some shopping in Kathmandu. For oh the yeah, track too. yeah, that's right. Because it's very cold. Yeah, know. so that's right. Thanks, Tom. So I was able to get several things I needed. Plus, I have a friend over there that loaned me some sleeping bags. Cindy and I, some sleeping bags. So we didn't have to pack those. But uh, I also have a, I have a, like a Eddie Bauer jacket and vest that I wore up to Mount Kailash that folds up into something no bigger than a, than a. You know, something that'll fit in your suitcase the size of a pair of pants. That's oh, amazing. Yeah, it's that down material. What suitcase do you have that you can do this with? Um, I picked it up at Macy's. It's, you know, it's that hardcover small one that fits in the overhead. It's, uh, it's, got, it's got four rollers on the bottom. And, uh, yeah, it's just got two compartments. You know, you could do a class on this. You could, you could actually give a class on how to do this. I would go. Wouldn't you go, Kathy? Yeah, I, I well, I think probably Cindy should because it's easier for men to pack than women because you know well, you got all your stuff. So right, but Cindy's can, there. Yeah, so she, she, she can do. She yeah, should teach. She's pack. there. She's she has the same identical bag I have. It's just a different color. Wow, <laughs> that is mind-boggling. Well, I can see where that could come in handy. Yeah, but then there's some planes that you know it can get even a little hard on some times traveling. Well, they say that. They won't even let some bags on the overhead bin that you think would be here in America. Fine, but in Europe, sometimes they say, "I've had them say what is definitely supposed to be an overhead bag." Things I was told by Luke Fonsa once that I had to check it. Right. It was a Sierra backpack a rolling thing that was supposed to fit, and they said, "No, that's too big." I said, "No, <clears throat> every, I've, I've been packing this. Everyone, no, it's too big." Yeah, I, you know, we just ran into that in uh, Newfoundland uh-huh. when we were in. Um, Going from Boston into Newfoundland, we had to check our bag because the planes are really small. They had no overhead, which mm-hmm. is okay. You just check them through. They, mm-hmm. They're good about it. They're right there when you arrive. Yeah, yeah. So this is impressive, too. So, so you went to India. Now, I have not been to India. I, as you know, Tom, I've been to Nepal and I was in Tibet, but I have never been to India. And, and you did a rather extensive trip in India. Where did you go we in did. India? Well, we landed in Delhi. And... Um, and we worked our way down 
to the very bottom of the country on the western side. On the western side, when you to, say you worked your way down, is it trains, um, planes? Or it was a, a cars and planes. So, cars for example, we you know we we flew to um, Agra, and then we to see um, the Taj Mahal, uh-huh. and then we picked up a car there, and then we we drove um, through Rajasthan, which was fascinating, uh, looking at all those castles and. Uh, and then we um, flew to Kerala, which is in the very south of the of the country, and picked up another car, and um, and went down to the very tip of the country where three seas meet, the Andaman Sea and the and the Arabian Sea and the Indian Ocean. Okay, now you're going awfully fast, so I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to the Taj Mahal. Oh. I mean, because I've never been there, and of course, you know, it's supposed to be one of the wonders. And I look at the pictures, and it looks amazing. Was it what you expected to be? Was were you impressed or unimpressed? Well, we had a driver and a guide, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, when the driver dropped us off, the guide walked us in, and he told us where to stand. It was super early in the morning, basically before anybody got there, and he put his arms out wide in front of him, and he said. You are now looking at the most beautiful building in the world. So I contemplated that, and I'm looking at that building, and it was the most beautiful building I've ever seen. Mm. It was made out of whitish pink marble, Mm -hmm. just the most exquisite workmanship. And it was built by a um, Muslim uh, king for his deceased wife to to put her body in. And uh, his love for her was just like uh, displayed in that in that building. So yes, so it was. Oh, that. absolutely. And then we walked through it uh, before there were a lot of people in it. And did you have to pay extra to do that? Or was it was like a special private thing that got you an extra. You know, I don't even know. Maybe I can't remember. Uh-huh. Probably money does help with that kind of thing. But yeah. I probably had to pay a little bit more. But I don't really remember. Have you ever been to the Taj Mahal, Tom? Yes, I've been there twice, and uh, it was the same experience for me. It's it's just so beautiful. In fact, speaking of Paul Horn again, he played you know inside That's the right. Taj Mahal. That's right. That's one of his favorite. Yeah, the most popular CDs. And the first time I Wait, was there, that wasn't a CD. They didn't have CDs. Yeah, it was albums, album. yes. <laughs> so that was in 1983. So it, and back then there were not big crowds. Mm-hmm. And I went in, and I was thinking of Paul, and I just clapped my hand, and it echoed for about six seconds. Wow. Wow. That is amazing, huh? Yeah. I love that album. I had that album. Right. Yeah, I used to. And the the one in Egypt, too, that he yeah, had. Inside in the, the Great Pyramids. Yeah, yeah. Those were two of the great ones, of course. Um, so, got to do it, I guess. Um, issue. I always worried, and I've heard many stories of people who've gone there that are friends that have gotten very sick. Uh, from the food in in India, did you have any problems? No problems with sickness or the food whatsoever. Wow. Okay. The, the only issue I have with with uh, India are the is the um, is the traffic and how dangerous the roads are. Uh huh. I mean, I think we've came within a fraction of our of losing our lives. I don't know how many times. Really? Oh yeah. Scary. So scary. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then later, I looked up and I, I learned that. Over 110,000 people per year die on the roads in India. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> did you have travel insurance? <laughs> I think we did, oh. yeah. Yeah, we bought it on that trip. We did. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I've seen a couple, because I'm still fascinated with India, and I've seen some of these ones where the people do it on train trips and cross around India, and, and some of those are just terrifying. I mean, I've seen what people have to deal with getting on trains in India and going, I do not want to go train travel in India after seeing that. Um, So, you know, I guess driving is the best solution um, to that, but then you deal with this danger in driving, you know. The best thing you can do is is, uh, get a late model SUV type vehicle with all the safety features Uh and a professional driver. Yeah. So that's what we do. That you did, okay. So then from um, Taj Mahal, you drove south. Yes, we drove through Rajasthan. Is that, was that south or is it across? Th- that's south. It's south. Uh, yes, it's okay. southeast. And is that no, excuse me. It's southwest. 
And that's not the one that's the red city. With, no, that's Jaipur. That's the red city. Well, we it. went through Jaipur as oh, well. You did Jaipur. Yeah. Was, that looks beautiful, oh, too. Is that beautiful? It's amazing. They have, they have the red fort there, Yeah, which is um, just spectacular. It's these forts built by the Rajas uh-huh. and these um, uh, castles, I guess they're called. Uh-huh. You, you can stay. We stayed in one. Did you? Yeah. What was it like? Oh, it's just unbelievable. So there wasn't. There was hardly anybody there, so they gave us the best room oh, in the God. whole place. <laughs> what was that like? Tell me about. Oh what it well, you like. walk in there and you think you're like in a, you think you're like in a royal room. I mean, they have curtains flowing down from the ceilings, and the bedposts, you know, are all made out of carved wood, and they've got a beautiful marble floor with a seating area. Wow! Yeah, it's just. And the pool is right outside the door. Oh my and, God! And then it has a <laughs> has like a has like a moat security wall around the whole property <laughs> that you can walk up onto and view the sunset in the evenings. Oh, I want to go that. Well, do you remember <laughs> the name of that place? Oh, uh, I could probably get it to you. Oh, yeah. it sounds amazing. How did you just want I would just want to stay there. I would have just wanted to say I'm staying here for a while. Were you just there a night or two? Yeah, we were just there a night. Oh my god. We we're just passing through. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And then you went down. And then we went down uh, to um, Jaipur, and uh, which, you know, every every town you go into, we had a we had a driver and a and a guide. We mm-hmm. would meet, and of course they take you to the best places to see in the mm-hmm. city or mm. wherever you go. So we went to the best museums, the most interesting museums, and the um, and the castles. Any problem with language? No, they speak. They speak perfect English. I don't speak any of the local languages. So. What was the best way to find your driver? You seem like you got pretty good luck on that. What, what, well, how did you find your drivers? Well, we know we have a friend in uh, lives in Kathmandu, um, and uh, he he arranged his whole trip for us. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah, he's arranged a, arranged a number of trips. He owns a travel agency, and uh, he's the guy that loaned us his sleeping bags. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, he's made trips for us in. Um, in Tibet before and um, Sikkim. Sikkim, yeah, we he made a great trip for us in Sikkim, which is northeastern India. <laughs> so northeastern would that be near Pakistan? Um, no, no, the other that, side. That's the other side. Okay. Yeah, it's over uh, close to Bhutan. Yeah, oh, okay. next to Bhutan. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I've I've been curious about the lakes up um, in northern India, but. Um, what's that called? Oh, Kashmir. Kashmir. But yeah. then there's all been all this unrest yeah. there with the Muslims yeah. and fighting the other. Yeah. Yeah, we've been wanting to go there. But I've been hearing some stories that it could be dangerous. There. I'll let yeah. you know. We'll probably yeah. go there. You're gonna go. <laughs> so then you wander on down from there, and you've been on the road now for about a week and a half, two weeks already. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And then you wandered down further south. Yes. Now, what was the weather like? Hot. Yeah. It, it was as it was as hot as Cambodia can be uh-huh. in the hot season. It was wow. like a it was like forty three, which in the which is like a hundred and fourteen degrees oh Fahrenheit. Oh that's a it's bloody hot. That's an issue. It is. And um we normally wouldn't travel to a hot place like that yeah. at a time of year, but because we wanted to hook up with in, uh-huh. on our yeah, Tibetan I trip know. we so you know, it's it's also a mental thing as well, right? So, <laughs> 114 is still 115. 14. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying. That's what my book's yeah. about. It's trying to yeah. get in that state, but it's still yeah. hot. So think, you know, air conditioned car. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, you know, cold towels. Yes. You know, with coolers with ice in it, lots of water. Uh-huh. You know, there's ways you, you can mitigate all that. Um, so, what was the next next exciting place? Well, a place called Kerala, um, India. And they used to grow pineapple down there, so I found that interesting. And rice. Huh. And um, So kind of tropical. Very tropical. And it actually looks like Hawaii a lot. Wow. And uh, so we we stayed on a on a on a river boat for several nights on a rice boat that used to a go rice boat? On a rice boat. I've never that, heard of a rice yeah, boat. Yeah, they they have all these um tributaries and and they're kind of like rivers that go right into the plains where they would grow rice in the past. But they don't grow much rice anymore down there. So um, and the rice they do grow, they haul it out on trucks now. But uh-huh. they used to haul it out on these barges 
Huh. Um, well, they're 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 made out of like they're they're made out of all natural material like palm leaves and really and they're quite large. But now you can like now you can like rent them and spend the night on them, and they come with a a captain and a cook and a crew. How cool! <laughs> in a in a bedroom. Wow! Uh, and do you yeah. have it to yourself? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So you did that for a day, and you just stayed on it for yeah. a day. You went. Yeah. You, so you you know you get to see the lay of the land and understand the geology. How interesting. Yeah. Like instead of a, a river boat, it's yeah. a rice boat. It's a rice boat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Amazing. I yeah. love it. And then you went on down to what? And then we went. That's pretty much on the very tip, tip of the tip of a, the country. Uh-huh. So then we drove down to the very tip of the country, uh, where those three seas meet that I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. and. Um, and viewed some some local um, architecture down there, Indian architecture, mm-hmm. and enjoyed a lot of the food down there, and that that was really the end of our trip. And then we flew back to um, Delhi, uh-huh. spent one night, and then the following day we flew into Kathmandu. Okay, now we pick up Tom. Now, you're going to have to get close. For some reason, that mic's not picking up as, it, as loud as it should, but I'll, I'll try to get this up here so you we can hear you better. So, you all did you all meet up in Kathmandu, and that was about when? End of May? Was that it, Tom? It's the 19th, wasn't it? Yes. 19th of May. We're getting ready for the full moon, which I think is 10 days later or 7 days later. Right, for the that. Sagadawa uh, ceremony. So, yeah, I saw Doug, and it was uh, wonderful to see him, and we started regrouping and planning our trip um, to Lhasa, Tibet. Then from Lhasa, we took off to Mount Kailash. And you were in Tibet, you flew into Tibet together from Kathmandu? Yeah, we had a group of 25 of us that flew in. That and was wh- our group. Where did you stay in, in Kathmandu? At the, uh, what was the, Manang. Yeah, Manang Hotel. And you stayed there before, I think. Yeah, in Tamil. Yeah, right yeah. in Tamil. And that's yeah. where uh, basically all of the trekkers stay, and there's a lot of shopping there, and it's, it's a wonderful place to be in, in Kathmandu. Yeah. And that's where I got dysentery, and not that hotel, but in that, oh, yeah. that yeah, you got to be careful. You said you got it once, one time years ago you got dysentery, and then you haven't, right. haven't gotten it again. So I guess you got, your system is adjusted to whatever little bug right, that, that was runs around. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, and you haven't got sick. Did you, you didn't get sick you at didn't all? Didn't get either. sick at all. Yeah. It's amazing. That's, yeah. that's lucky, because it can yeah. be intense, but... Um, you had been in Kathmandu before a number of times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's a good launching off place. Yeah. For for China. Yeah. Or uh, trekking in uh, in India or or uh, Tibet. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, you were there how long? We were uh, there five days, I believe. Before five days. We oh, you had a, a good amount of time there then. Yeah. Right. Because you're waiting for certain people to fly in and catch you, catch up, and everything. Well, it's mainly uh, getting our visas uh, oh. to Tibet from the Chinese embassy. Oh. It's not an easy thing these days. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not only a, a visa, but you have to get the trekking permit to go to oh. Kailash, which oh. is a, a okay. totally different story. And is that done at a separate department? Did you have to go to a separate building for permission to get the Kailash trekking permit? Well, again, our uh, guide took care of that, but that's when we had the dilemma with Lama. Geltzen uh-huh. um, being interrogated at the last minute, and we finally got him approved and caught the plane and flew to Lhasa. So on the morning of our departure, after five days, Tom and Lama Geltzen are at the Chinese embassy Ooh. with our with our uh, with our guide, Dorji, Dorji, mm-hmm. trying to get this wrapped up. I mean, mm-hmm. meanwhile we're you know we're at the airport and we're going oh you were already at the airport oh yeah so yeah. this is like a you know i mean it's not it's not easy to get all these this clearance mm-hmm. i think the plane was leaving at 11 o'clock and the embassy opened at nine mm. and uh, oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so there was all this drama you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is typical it, it yeah. always something always happens two hours is so close to two. i know and, and we actually made it we caught well, we plane. have all these meditators with us so <laughs> no, nobody nobody gets rattled it's amazing that's great yeah. so you take off on this kind of small plane to to tibet to lhasa uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Well, it's, no, it wasn't a small plane, but we took off, and then 
as we were approaching Lhasa, the weather conditions were bad, so we couldn't land. Oh, dear. <laughs> After all that. And the last thing you wanted to do was go back to Kathmandu, right? So we ended up in China. Oh, no. <laughs> in <you> Chengdu. <laughs> we ended up in Chengdu. It's <laughs> so, crazy. So we, uh, and we, there's Lama Gelson, right? A Tibetan monk landing in China. Oh, boy. <laughs> So anyway, the next morning, uh, we were able to make it to Lhasa, and uh, we checked in. You stayed in at the hotel? The Yak yeah. Hotel. The Yak yes. Hotel. No, in China. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They we put us to, up yeah. in a very nice hotel yeah. there. Oh, good. Good. And then you got back, and that's, you did the Yak But Chengdu is actually a beautiful city. Yes, it is. So, it's so modern yeah. looking, and that's where all the pandas are from, you know. <laughs> Cindy and I have traveled in, to Chengdu in the past, uh-huh. and it is a marvelous city. It is, yeah. You've been there? Uh, yeah, a long, long time ago. Oh, I did a, a Zen tour of China. You wouldn't years recognize ago at the Zen. it. No, I'm sure it's I so won't because that looking. was years and years and years ago. That was 30 something years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, it was very different then. And now I'm sure a lot more hotels and cars. The idea of cars in the cities. I know it wasn't like that when I was there at all. It was very different. So, so you land in Tibet and um, higher altitude. <laughs> what is it? What's Lhasa at? Uh, that's t- 13? About 12, 12 something. 12,000, yeah. But because we uh, were delayed one day, oh, right. we only had one opportunity to go to the Patala Palace, and that was right after we landed. Uh-huh. So you can imagine the altitude and, and 25 people walking up those steps. It's a lot of steps, as I remember. Yeah, I can't, yeah. yeah but we all made it. No yeah. one complained, but uh, nope. that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. We broke all the rules for altitude sickness. Really? You're not supposed we to did. do some exercise like that? When you land at that elevation, they recommend you, you go to your hotel and rest, drink lots of water, and don't do anything oh, for the I rest of the day. Oh, I know Okay. Yeah, well, that's hard to do when you're traveling, right? Well, at that al- altitude, you really need to pay attention to that because oh, Doug, that, that'll I got so n- sick. knock you out of the game. I had altitude sickness when I did the trip with Tom because we went on the back dirt roads up to like 16,000 feet. Yeah. Oh. And I just had gotten over <clears throat> dysentery, and I thought I was going to die. I mean, I really thought yeah. I was – in fact, I wanted to die because <laughs> the altitude sickness makes oh. you want to die. I know, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, so – um, I've been a little nervous to go to Kailash after that experience with altitude sickness. So, yeah, I, I understand. But it was okay because once I got past, well, the sick bus downhill, I mean, that was actually mm-hmm. scary as not because we were going down a dirt road. And Tom says, get them down as quickly as possible to a lower <laughs> adult, 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 <laughs> attitude, altitude. And we literally were going like 50 or 60 miles down this narrow dirt road with rocks, and everything was flying out of the bus and all the things in the overhead of the bus and people were throwing up and it was like the, the, uh, the they worst. They were on the sick bus. Yeah, I was there on was the sick bus. There was a sick bus, bus and a well was, bus. I was on the sick bus and it was not. So was, I organized the sick bus to get down fast. You know? And one of the worst parts is before we were going to get on the bus and this little Tibetan, I don't know, bed and breakfast, I guess, up at like 15,000, 14,000 feet, one of the buses wouldn't start, and there's two buses. <laughs> so one bus is pulling the other bus around and around in a circle. Trying to jumpstart it. Trying to get it going, and this cloud, is, cloud of dust is going up in the air higher and higher till the bus starts, and then we have to run and jump and get on the bus and then do this 50-mile-an-hour downhill. Oh yeah, that was fun. One of the uh, <laughs> guys that was really sick was on the bus when they were trying to jumpstart it, and he was actually hallucinating <laughs> And I said, no, that really happened, <laughs> along with his hallucinations. <laughs> I, had, I had the strangest experience, and I don't know, maybe it wasn't a hallucination, because I really thought I was going to die in that room. And then I heard this sound of a woman chanting in Tibet, Tibetan, and I looked out, and I just saw a crow sitting on the <laughs> wall, and then I saw snow and the Himalayas outside, and there was a full moon. And after that, I got better. I wasn't sick anymore. But I still was on the sick bus. <laughs> but anyway, so here you are, and you're now getting geared up. And you had not been to Kailash before, right, Doug? That's right. First time to Kailash. So this is exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not easy to get there. No. How'd you, how long did it take you to get there? I think it took us like three or four days. Yeah, it's uh, three days now. Well, the first time I went, uh, it was five days. But half of it is now paved, the, the roads. 
so it speeds it up a bit, but yeah. it's still very, very rough and difficult. It's and we went on this one shortcut. You may want to talk about that a little bit. Right. So, so we're on this bus. We're on a bus, a bus that carries 22 people. Every seat is full, uh-huh. right? So it's kind of like a half bus, like yeah. if one of these here on Maui. And um, the bus driver says, I know a shortcut. You guys want to take a shortcut? So, you know, of course, everybody says, yeah. And he just, like, makes a left turn off the road down in this this huge valley sand. To, like, if, Tibet is considered the, the roof of the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And it really is. I mean, just as far as you can see, it's nothing but sand and and mountains and, and, and uh, features that look like poos, right? Just all, all over the place. And he just takes <laughs> off right in the middle of this. And you, we can't even see where we're going. And he finally ends up on something like a road. Right. Yeah. And he and off we go bumping for hours and hours and oh hours. Oh, my gosh. Then we get to this bridge that was half washed out. So they're out there putting rocks, trying to secure it. And we're all thinking, should we get no, off no. the bus? <laughs> I think I would have. If we didn't, no. <laughs> he just gunned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no guardrails. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And did, where did it take you? Where did you land up? We ended up on a on another road on our way to Mount Kailash. Yeah. We were on yeah. the way to Tengri. Tengri. At that point. Oh, yeah. yes. Tengri. Tengri. That was on the way to Everest Base Camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We spent I've some time there, too. Pictures? Yeah, I've <clears> seen <throat> pictures, I think, you were there yeah. in Tengri, right. But... Um, that we spent the night at at, right. the, uh, yep. at at the Everest Base Camp, and but the monastery there was so beautiful, and we went in for a private ceremony with Lama Geltsin, and um, there were nuns and uh, monks in there praying, mm-hmm. and uh, Lama asked for them to pray, give a blessing for our Kailash trip, which they did, and I, it was just absolutely beautiful. Mm, and uh, we didn't even mention Lama. Couldn't wear his robes in Tibet, but by now in Kailash, he could wear his robes. He was no, able to. No, he, he didn't wear his robes, but we 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 couldn't even mention his name, Lama Gelson. Oh. So he was Tommy G. With <laughs> so an Aloha shirt. <laughs> yeah, until we got out of Lhasa, then again we could call him Lama. But again, yeah. we were being watched very closely. Yeah. In, in by the way, there's going to be slides and pictures. And stories about this happening on August 4th at the McCoy. And I'm so happy that you arranged to get the McCoy for this because it's so special. Plus, your film, Kailash, is so nice to see at the McCoy. And you've done a lot of films there, so you know how to get that all together. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to pull that off, hopefully. Lama will be talking about uh, not only the slides, but some stories that accompany the slides. So it should be a really nice evening. And then after that, I'll uh, screen my film, mm-hmm. the Mount Kailash Return to Tibet. So It starts at what time, 7 o'clock, I think? 7 p.m., yes. And then the, your film, Kailash, um, kind of goes into, wasn't that when you actually brought the ashes of Lama Tenzin that's, to the top of Kailash? That's correct. We had a ceremony at the Kora at 18,600 feet and uh, released his ashes and did a prayer and so forth. That's high. 18,600 feet. I yeah. mean, that is amazing. So so going up to that height at this point, is there any issues with altitude sickness? Because now you're getting Remember, higher. we were in a tea house, and Doug was saying, I don't know if I should go. We wanna yeah. Right. So I got a bout of altitude sickness. And, uh, it, it's and, hard. And for me, it manifested in um, a lack of oxygen. I couldn't get a full breath. Did you get the headache? Uh, no, I didn't oh, really I have a headache, but I I headache. couldn't I couldn't sleep at night. As soon as I would uh, doze off at night for sleep, I would like immediately wake up, gasping for air. Yeah, right? gasping for air. So I had to like sit up in my bed, and uh, there were several nights I didn't sleep at all. So I just would sit up and concentrate on my breathing, and I would be okay. And that was at about maybe fifteen thousand feet. So. I, I knew, you know, I needed to go up to 18,000 And you feet. didn't get other side effects? Because altitude no. sickness can cause a lot of other things to no, happen. No, that was really... So and I, you didn't bring oxygen? No, we, 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 had, we had oxygen. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we had a couple of doctors. We had one doctor uh, that we just randomly ran into that gave us some pretty good counsel. And um, you apparently you really only want to take oxygen 
if you're if you if you really are in bad shape, mm-hmm. once you start taking it, then it's your body adjusts to that, and then it, you, you really oh, ca- kind of your- yeah. Oh, okay. So um, I had made the decision the night before, uh, after not sleeping for several nights and not being able to breathe very well, that I probably shouldn't go up to Mount Kailash. Mm-hmm. And uh, the following morning, I got caught up in the energy and some encouragement from my dear friends, <laughs> one of which is sitting here, Tom. And uh, what's, what's the pep talk like? Well, Tell, give us your pep talk. Well, again, it was based on the doctor's report, too, because the oxygen in his blood was actually adequate. It, it hadn't dropped. Right. So with that in mind, I felt safe, you know, advising him to go because literally you go up and then we drop back down. It's not like we're, mm. we would spend the night up there. And since mm-hmm. he was feeling better, I just thought, why miss out on this, you know? Yeah, you've right. gone this far, right. Yeah. They measured my oxygen. It was 85, which... Which is like the doctor said. That's fine. That's not an issue. Yeah, so, ninety something. I think is adequate, yeah, right? Or and, normal, I should say. Right. And so at this point, you have to walk. You're at the yeah. walking. You're at oh the yeah, we're all, yeah. Point. We're 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 at the we're right outside of where we were staying, and we're we're all ready to just take off walking. Well, we have mountain. two minutes to get okay. to the grand finale here. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes left to get to the top of the hill. So so it takes how many days, or how long did it take you to get to the top of Kailash? Well, it's three days, uh, 33 miles, and uh, and again, we all all of us made it. We were extremely uh, happy and much joy when we got to the uh, the end. And uh, there were no yak rides. But if you really want to hear the story, you'll come uh, to <laughs> <laughs> the benefit on August the fourth, 7 p.m. at the McCoy Theater. We actually have one more minute, uh, actually a minute and a half. So. So the, no one did a yak, had to do a yak ride? Because sometimes you can well, get yaks if you have to. What's really fascinating, uh, the yak basically carried all of our supplies, but now they're riding horses. So oh. uh, about oh, half of our group, believe it or not, rode the horses up to the Cora, to the, uh, you know, the 18,600 mm-hmm. feet. But the horses can't go down because it's too steep. So, um, you know, then they had to walk the, the rest of the way, except for one of our travelers who um, needed to take the horse because she physically couldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. But um, we really lucked out getting the horses. So in the a minute or half or two minutes left, what did it feel like, Doug, making it to the top of Kailash? What was the experience like? Well, it's almost indescribable because the mountain itself is described as a uh, – as a diamond and it's actually shaped like a diamond mm. and it's covered with snow mm. and you have a view of it all the way up mm-hmm. and uh and and the weather was was fabulous there, w- there was hardly any clouds that day that we were up there and of course when you hit the summit it's full of tibetan prayer flags all over and um and then the walk down is uh this massive open valley where we've got these great views, so yeah, it's it's just really um, a sight to see, and you know, it's a spiritual journey for for many many people. Oh yeah, and, and uh, so you, you also have the added benefit of 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 that. Don't they say, Tom? That's one of the things that for Buddhists to you know one of the great goals in life is to get to Kailash and experience that. Right, and also for the uh, Hindus, and and Lama, you know, of course, having to be able to do that was what a gift too. Right, right. It's, he was just glowing on that trip, and it was so much fun, and a lot of uh, energy coming from that man. You know, it was just wonderful to watch him. So come join and experience the energy at the McCoy Theater, August 4th. It's a benefit for the Maui Dharma Center. Tickets are at 242 Show, the Mac. And you'll be there, Tom. You can see the great movie. You can see Doug and all the people there. It'll be almost like being there on the journey. And Kathy Dekushi can help you arrange your next trip to Mount (laughs) (laughs) Godhead. Or wherever you may want to go, you can call her at 244-1414. And uh, and really, it's always a good idea to do, isn't it? Make a travel agent help you. Aloha.